0: Hello, everyone. I'm Soumya Saxena, and you're listening to Secure Insights. It's a series of conversations with industry experts, influencers, and leaders in the IT security space. In this podcast, I have with me Brian Krause, the Director of Worldwide Channels at iDaptive. Hi, Brian.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Firstly, thank you for taking the time to do this podcast. I'm sure you must have been very busy. But let me start by asking you a couple of questions. So how do you think your journey has been of identity management and data security over the years?
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen it to be quite a a journey, especially when we look in the marketplace, how much has, has really changed. It seems like as more and more of these threats come out are prevalent, we see breaches, uh, various customers that, that we work with, you know, different businesses, they're starting to really look at identity as a forerunner of security priority. Where traditionally, it, it always seems like it's it's a very small budget item, uh, something that, that's very much an afterthought. But as we really see this, this expansion of, of cloud technologies out there, whether it's, you know, just, just your general cloud applications or some of the, the cloud infrastructure going on. You know, just this the struggle that's been taking place is very much of, hey, I have this on-prem environment, and as much as I'd like to say that it's, it's going to completely disappear and go to the cloud, we all know that that's not the case. So it very much becomes, well, how do I get a control of this and make sure that I know who in my workforce should have access, where they have access to? And then I, I think a lot of this just really, has started to to compound as you know the, the user that a lot of IT is responsible for securing down is no longer even just an internal company user. It's starting to be business partners that you know are, are maybe suppliers, vendors, or even a lot of their customer base that's coming in and, and accessing various systems. So that's where I've just seen a lot of change. Is it's now something that that is very much top of mind it's becoming board level conversations as as customers say hey you know what this is something we need to think of first if we want to continue this migration forward into the cloud
0: yeah yeah i agree with that like i've seen that shift where you know people's concern are shifting to security more than than the rest of it so second question on that Um, Adaptive has been spun out uh, from Centrify. What have been the results from this bifurcation and how is Adaptive seeing the future for itself?
1: Yeah, and a company nature, the the spin-out has definitely been a a big event for us personally. Um, You know, Initially with the the spin-out, we had our our hiccups and and roadblocks that, that you would expect of just how do you start to pull a business unit out of a, a company, how do you start to, to split up infrastructure that's in place for, for managing both product sets? But as we've moved past that you know re-operationalized re-oper- systems processes, um, you know, re-engaged our sales teams and product management and all of that good stuff. What we're we're really starting to see is the you know the company come together We've re-engaged with, with many of our partners and the fact that we have a singular focus on IDAS, um, really going in and and putting a heavy focus in particular on helping customers that, that tend to have these um, you know, legacy active directory environments and and using that to connect to the, the, the various Uh, SaaS apps out there, it's allowed us to really uh, focus on the the various products and the the feature sets to build those out to to deliver some of the capabilities customers have been asking about for a a long time. But as we had this broader vision when we we were part of the the old company, Centrify, we just couldn't necessarily get that on product roadmaps, which we can uh, do today. And and as a result, we're we're just seeing the, the product um, you know, really come together and and start to fit more and more advanced use cases, which has been a ton of fun. Uh, you know, on a personal level, to work in.
0: Right, right. So, what are your views on how analytics can improve an organization's governance posture?
1: Yeah, I, I think analytics is is definitely an interesting topic on there. Um, and and the reason I say that is when we look at what's one of the best ways to stop a breach, MFA is always going to come top of mind. But when you you start to look at at some of this idea of saying, hey, I, I'm going to apply multi-factor authentication across the environment, we now run into a, a lot of different situations that become problematic. That while yes we're mapping back to all of these great misregulations out there. Uh, There's not anyone that actually enjoys using MFA. It's a hindrance. It slows you down in the work environment. And what we've really found is by being able to take machine learning and wrap that into an analytics platform, we can now start to make a user experience a lot better, make it actually easier to access various applications in a secure manner um, while in increasing security. And a lot of this really gets done in in kind of a unique fashion where we can take a look at a large data set of info and say, hey, we see what applications you're accessing. And now taking a look at, at, you know, five different attributes, we can start to make some, some decisions about access. So since we can look at what device someone comes in off of, uh, we can take a look at time, date, uh, we can take a look at location and geo-velocity. When you start to tie some of those data points together, you can now figure out what a user's behavior is. So if somebody's you know accessing the application in a very low risk situation, uh, you know they're they're kind of accessing during the you know same time of day, to the same couple apps from the same device they always do you know there, there might not be a lot of risks there we, we probably don't need to step up to mfa all the time but if all of a sudden you start popping up at odd hours different areas of the country you know that that, that might not be a high risk but it's it's maybe a medium score risk for lack of better term and at that point, you know, maybe we want to put MFA and if, if just something's too out of bounds and just doesn't make sense for what you do, maybe we just completely deny access. And then I think what this really leads to in the future is once we start having risk scores associated with individual users, it now really allows you to do some sharing across platforms. So maybe if you had, uh, you know, some sort of SecOps environment, you might want to say, hey, you know, within runbooks, I would like to take a risk score. And if I see an elevated risk score from an IDAS platform, much like an iDaptive, and I, I see that there's some sort of elevated score from, you know, maybe something like a Palo Alto Cortex product, I might want to send that event over to one of my SOC analysts to take action. And, and that's really where I'm seeing a, a lot of the excitement happening around analytics.
0: Right. So what, building on that, um, what advantages do you think uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning have to offer to identity analytics?
1: I think really the the biggest advantage that it it tends to offer is this ability to make real-time access decisions across large data sets of information that, that there would be no way to possibly Um, you know, program that into a a system, purely using policy. So as we start to see the uh, changes within an environment, now we can take action. And we can actually, you know, make decisions smarter as we go along. And, And I think what becomes really important about this, and it allows you to, you know, truly have some security automation built into the mix. And it's not impacting the user in a negative manner. It's allowing them to do their jobs so businesses can
0: focus on what they do and that's, that's doing business. All right. So uh, it appears that uh, individual digital identities will evolve soon to become as multiple digital identities. So how do you think the security world is prepared to take on that?
1: That is a very interesting question. And and that's one of those, I I think, unfortunately, the the security world in general probably isn't as prepared as they would like to be. And and that's why we're seeing so much discussion around identity management in particular. And where a, a lot of this really stems from is it's very hard to just say, hey, I have a single user that's only accessing a single network and and this is really where those of us on the identity, you know, software manufacturer side of the house have to heavily look and say hey, how can I go and share this identity information cross platform and figure out secure ways to establish trust in a sense that I can say hey, you know, based on you being a supplier that I have a partnership with, um, I'm going to now trust your identity infrastructure and when i do that i'm going to provide access into my systems based on that trust and that's where a lot of us are are really putting our focus on is how can we we build out this so we can have that that cross communication and you know certainly a lot of that is is just with the the different uh you know apis out there to to talk back and forth uh I, i think you know over the past you know maybe two years or so we've seen it get a, a lot better and and of course you know everybody is always looking at this concept too around blockchain as to where will this finally factor in don't really know yet but that's that's kind of what we're we're seeing on the horizon
0: yeah that i agree to that but uh, so i i have this question that now that we're dealing with individual identities how do you save that from a single point of failure? Well, I think that's is
1: the beauty of cloud and identity as a service. Um, the reality is, when when you start building products out in the the likes of you know AWS and Azure and and whatnot, um, you have highly connected environments that are are you know load balanced and, and have high ability built all over the place. And and that's truly what allows us to have uh, the ability to protect from that, that single point of failure is if all of AWS and all of Azure went down, okay, we're all going to be in a world of hurt, but it's more than just an effect on an individualized company. And of course, you know, uh, on that, that single identity. I mean, we do need to get smart when we're we're using authentication mechanisms off phones, and and, and there's you know there's plenty of mechanisms in place for that. But I, I think at the end of the day, when you can start to put identity as a service, that's what allows your individualized identity to be portable and carry across the multiple environments that you you may have within your organization.
0: Right. Right. So, how do you think IDAS will make its way in the near future?
1: Um, I think all we're going to see is an increase in IDAS consumption. Uh, I know when I first got into working in the IDAS space five years ago, I mean, it, it was, it still felt very, very new at that time. And there there was a lot of questions just around, hey, I I don't trust this. I'm not going to. You know, push my identities uh, across uh, the the internet, uh, which was a valid concern. Totally get that. But as we see all infrastructure, you know, go into some sort of hosted solution, it it only makes sense. And and the reality is, if you want to connect all of your your different, um, you know, systems and applications across an enterprise. Uh, really, the, the only scalable way to do that is is with IDaaS. Uh, we, we just don't have that singleized perimeter anymore that you can script some sort of system, you know, that sits resident in a data center.
0: Right, right. agree. All right. So I think uh, that is it for this podcast. Thank you so much for your time, Brian. I hope you had fun.
1: I most certainly did. I appreciate you uh, you having me on and I look forward to talking soon. Thank you. We look forward for that same
0: too.